Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Hey, so glad to see you today, whether you're here in Auditorium 1, maybe you're joining us in Auditorium 2. Also, those of you that may be joining us online or, by the way, the podcast or television, so glad that you are here today. We have been in the Gospel of Matthew and kind of working our way through there, but we're going to take a little uh, a, a scenic view side trip today. Is that all right? So let's jump back to the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 12, if you would please. If you have your Bibles, either in a print or digital form, we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 12. While you're turning there, this Wednesday night is our first Wednesday. The first Wednesday of each month, we come together for a special time of prayer, um, kind of extended worship, and a time of seeking the Lord together. And so uh, if you've not been before, I'd encourage you to come out. There are activities for our um, students, for our kids from elementary and early childhood all the way up through middle school and high school. They're really special times together. So 7 o'clock Thursday night, I hope you will come out and join us. We spent uh, most of October looking at the Beatitudes These are the statements at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus begins them all with the word blessed or blessed, however you wanna pronounce that, and talks to us about what it looks like to live a life in his kingdom. And we've been working through the Gospel of Matthew. What was interesting, though, is I had multiple people kinda say to me after last week's message, hey, Chad, like, I get it, this, this idea that when you do these certain things, when you, when you look at these certain truths, the Beatitudes, when we live these things out, Jesus says we're blessed, but the reality is they're not easy. Like some of these things about living a life that is blessed are, are kind of tough. Like it's not always easy to be a peacemaker, true? <laughs> some of you have had experience, some of you have not, apparently, yeah. So just for the record, it's not always easy to be a peacemaker, true? <laughs> it's not always easy to be meek. Being merciful doesn't come naturally. And the one that really seemed to resonate with a lot of people was this idea, but blessed are the persecuted because nobody wants to be persecuted. Like you don't wanna go through hard times and yet Jesus says you're blessed when you're in those times. So it's a really interesting question for us to consider today that sometimes the blessed life is, is just difficult. Sometimes the, the, the blessed life, living the life that Jesus calls us to isn't just the easy road. Let's just be honest. The blessed life ain't easy sometimes. Sometimes we need to keep that in mind, which takes us then, and I really feel like the Lord wants us to kind of veer off of Matthew for today and take a look at this passage of scripture in the book of Jeremiah chapter 12. Now, Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet. We don't have the time today to kind of unpack his whole story. Let me just laser in on where we're at in Jeremiah chapter 12. The story of Jeremiah is this. He's a contemporary in the time of the exile of the Jewish people. We've talked about that multiple times when we were in Jesus' genealogy and his family tree several weeks ago. We, uh, we took a look at this idea of exile and what it was all about. Jeremiah is a prophet who at the beginning and then into the exile is prophesying to God's people about the exile that is to come. He's a prophet of a lot of bad news. Don't you like someone who brings bad news? No, you don't, and they didn't. And in his little town of Anatoth where he was from, The people there did not like him and his big mouth and his bad news, so they plotted to kill him. (laughs) And some of the people who were planning and plotting to execute him were his own family members, people in his own family, people in his close circle, people in his community who were looking for a way to kill him. And it's at that point that Jeremiah has a conversation with God. 
Jeremiah chapter 12, we're gonna come to this point where Jeremiah kind of spills it out to God and lets him know, hey man, God, sometimes life ain't easy. Let's jump right in. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse one. You are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you, yet I would speak with you about your justice. Have you ever had those conversations where somebody starts it with, you know, you're always so quick and gracious and kind to listen to me, so I have something I wanna get off my chest. Do you know those conversations? You're like, oh man, do you have anybody that when your phone rings and you look and you see the caller ID, you go, oh no, anybody? Let's be honest, we're in church, anybody? So Jeremiah is not calling God to have a quick little fun chat. He says, God, I know you're righteous and you listen to me. So I have a case to bring before you. I wanna speak to you about a real light and easy and just kind of fun subject, (laughs) your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? And why do all the faithless live at ease? What he's asking here is kind of the age old question. You see it asked repeatedly in the Old Testament. You'll see David and the other psalmists ask it in the Psalms. You'll see it even come up in the New Testament where we ask the question so many times, why do bad things happen to good people? Why is it that sometimes things happen that just aren't right? They're just not justice. They're not the way that things should go. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen as it is? It doesn't take long for us to look at the headlines and see it when you look at war and when you look at famine and when you look at genocide and when you look at injustice, when you look at accidents like the one that happened in Korea last night that kills 100 plus people. You go, why? God, why do these things happen? And that's not even us coming down to our own levels. And we say, why, why did that happen to me? Why that sickness in my family? God, why that difficult situation we had to walk through? Why the, what, what was with that deal at work? And we ask those questions and we say, God, why does that happen? And so many times for the ages, the question that people have asked is, why do bad things happen to good people? And let's take it the next step. Why do good things seem to happen to bad people? You ever had that question? Why is it that it seems like the wicked prosper, God? Why do all the faithless live at ease? And then you say, blessed are the persecuted? This doesn't sound like a good deal to me. Verse two, he goes on, he's not done yet. You've planted them and they've taken root. They grow and bear fruit. It's like he's saying, God, it's like you put them there and they're prospering. God, this doesn't make any sense to me. He says, you are always on their lips, but far from their hearts. Isn't that a great description of hypocrisy? God, you are always on their lips, but you're far from their hearts. And Jeremiah is writing about people thousands of years ago, but it sure sounds like the world we live in today, does it not? Because I don't know about you, but lately, I have not only seen a world that in so many ways, a society, a culture, that is pulling away from the truths of God's word, that, that does not stand for the principles of scripture, but I've also watched people take God's word and actually use God's word to try to justify evil things. Have you seen this? I've seen this lately where people have tried to take scripture to justify the murder of unborn babies. I've seen people try to take scripture and use it to justify sexual immorality. You're like, what's going on here? Because you're on their lips, God, but you're far from their hearts. 
I would encourage you to take a look. Many of you know our pastor, our friend, Pastor Doug Clay, who's the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, and he's, he's used to be our pastor for many of us here and has spoken here quite a few different times. He released a video through the Facebook page of the Assemblies of God. That's the fellowship of churches that we're a part of. Just this week, encouraging us in the midst of a transgender revolution for us to pray for our children. And uh, if you've not had a chance to see that, it's on our Facebook page. You can also find it on the Assemblies of God's Facebook page. I'd encourage you to watch that and to join him in that call to prayer because we live in a world that in so many ways tries to take God's word and use it on their lips, but it's far from their hearts. Can you see why Jeremiah was put out when he was talking to God? It's like, God, this isn't right. It's not fair. And then he goes to verse three. He says this, yet you know me, Lord. You see me and test my thoughts about you. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered and set them apart for the day of slaughter. Some of you have never wanted to memorize a passage of scripture until right now. But you got people in mind. You're like, I can pray that? <laughs> I didn't know I could pray that. And some of you listen to that and go, that's, that's cold. That's harsh. That you would say you want your enemies to be butchered? You want them sent off to slaughter? It's very cruel in Old Testament. Look, here's the deal. Jeremiah's not bloodthirsty here. This isn't speaking about this vengeance that he wants. It's not speaking about this kind of ungodly wrath inside of him. What this is speaking to is the fact that he is just so frustrated with what he's seeing people do in God's name. And the way he's watching them disregard him and the truths that are not being told and the lies that are, and he's watching this and he's seeing the injustice in the world and he's seeing what's happening. He's just going, God, this is not right. You have to do something about this. Some of us look at that language and we go, well, I would never talk like that, which may be true, except some of you, I've, I've watched football with you and I know what you're like, right? You ever had those moments? You're watching the game, your team's playing. And all of a sudden, something happens on the field that you don't like, and the ref doesn't call it, and that goes by without being penalized, and you become, let's just say you don't sit there and go, oh, how unfortunate <laughs> that the gracious referee did not spot that with his 2020 vision. That's not what you say. Take it one more step. Let's say that what happens is your favorite player gets hurt. And they should have called targeting or they should have called some kind of foul out there on the field and they didn't. And you know that what's happened here is unjust and it's not right. And you don't sit there and go, oh dear, that's just too bad. No, you stand up and at the top of your lungs, you yell at a TV that does not hear you. <laughs> Why? And what do you usually say? Get them out, throw them out, get that ref out, get that player out, do something with that because that's just not fair. Well, that's exactly what Jeremiah is saying here. He's saying, I'm looking at the world around me and I'm seeing what's happening. Can I tell you, get rid of these guys because this is just not fair what's happening. This is a dude that's tired. This is a dude that's disappointed. This is a guy that's frustrated. Here's what he says next in verse four, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse four. He says, how long will the land lie parched and the grass in every field be withered? There was a drought that they had experienced because those who live in it are wicked and the animals and the birds have perished. Moreover, the people are saying, he will not see what happens to us. He's saying, look, here's the deal. They, they, they do all this stuff they want and they, they live in evil and there's injustice in the world and I, I'm trying to do the right thing, God, and nothing's happening. And these, these bad guys, they act like you won't even see them. 
Like you don't even care. Like you aren't even there. Like justice and judgment will never come. And they're living in this way, just completely disregarding God in the way that they live. Jeremiah's just kind of had enough of it. You ever had those times where you wanted to pull a fast one on your mom, you thought you could get away from it? And you just said to yourself, I can do this and my mom will never notice. You ever done that? Who noticed? Mom, yeah, yeah. And they think God's not gonna notice. And who notices? God does. And this is how we find Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 12. Now you might not be able to relate to this. Maybe not today. At some point you probably have. But I want you to think about the emotions that this guy has here. It's, it's come off a little strong. He's pretty intense here, but he's angry and he's disappointed and he's frustrated and people are trying to kill him and he's weary and he's unsure of what's next and he's probably emotionally and spiritually in every way exhausted and he's looking at things around him and he's just in this moment just frustrated and he's gotta ask God some questions. God, why is it like this? You know that it's okay to have those moments when you just have a heart-to-heart, face-to-face, just honest conversation with God. You know that, right? And it's okay to ask God questions in those moments. And here's what's interesting. Jeremiah had done it before. Like having this frank conversation with God, this isn't the first time that he does it in chapter 12. Now look, we'll come back to chapter 12 because verse five of this passage of scripture is gonna kind of be the key verse for us today. But before we read what's next in Jeremiah chapter 12, I wanna tell you about two other times, track with me here, two other times where Jeremiah has a heart to heart with God. The first one is actually in chapter one when Jeremiah is called by God, when God introduces Jeremiah to the fact that God wants him to be a prophet. And in Jeremiah chapter one, verse six, Jeremiah says, alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I I do not know how to speak. I'm, I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. And here's what he says, watch this. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. So Jeremiah had had a conversation with God, an honest, frank conversation with God in the past, and God reminded him that God was with him and that God would rescue him. See, sometimes God answers our questions with encouragement. Sometimes when we just bring our questions to him, sometimes when we're honest with him, what he gives to us is encouragement. And he says, I am there with you and I will protect you and I will rescue you and I will walk through this season with you. And have any of you ever needed that encouragement from God? To go to his word and read that he never leaves us or forsakes us, that he is always with us. And some of you today, you need that kind of encouragement. Because of that, let me show you another promise in scripture, one maybe that some of you need to hold on to. Psalm 29 verse 11 says that the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And some of you have questions and some of you are walking through a tough season and some of you are going, the blessed life ain't easy. <laughs> God, I'm trying to live this life of blessing, but it comes with a lot of Tough stuff sometimes, and God wants you to be reminded that he brings his strength and his peace to his people, and he wants you to be encouraged by that today. Like, that's what happens to Jeremiah the first time we see him have one of these conversations with God in Jeremiah chapter one. Have you ever gotten to where you you have a conversation with somebody, and you know how they're gonna respond to you even before you have the conversation? 
Like you know that you need to be wise how you say it to some person because they may get angry or another person they might receive it or you start to know how they're gonna respond. I think Jeremiah probably started to think that way about God because when he talked to God in Jeremiah chapter one about his questions, God brings him encouragement. Watch what happens in Jeremiah chapter 11. Now in Jeremiah chapter 11, they're having this conversation about the fact that Jeremiah's family wants to kill him <laughs> and therefore this is what the Lord says about the people of Anatoth who are threatening to kill you saying, do not prophesy in the name of the Lord or you will die by our hands. It says, therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish them and the young men will die by the sword and their sons and daughters by famine. Kind of an intense passage of scripture, isn't it? <laughs> but God is answering his questions again. And sometimes when God answers our questions, he does it with encouragement. Sometimes God answers our questions with a promise. And that's what he does for Jeremiah here. And he says, Jeremiah, I promise you that even though you're going through a very difficult time, I have something for you on the other side of this. This, this is what God is saying to Jeremiah in chapter 11. Some of you need a promise like that from God today because you're weary and, and you're wondering if what you're doing is worth it. Galatians chapter six, verse nine is one you might hold on to. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And some of us need that kind of promise from God today. Because sometimes when you ask questions, God will give you encouragement. And sometimes when you ask questions, God will give you a promise. And sometimes when you ask questions, God will do what you don't expect. Because Jeremiah thought he knew how God would respond. And so he pours out his heart to the Lord and tells him, it's not fair, it's not right, we ought to get rid of these guys, this isn't right, they're hypocrites, all this stuff. And then he's waiting for God to bring encouragement or a promise, and what he got instead was sometimes God answers our questions with his questions. See, sometimes God has something he wants us to see or learn in the moments of our frustration or our disappointment or our anger or our weariness or uncertainty. And so now we're back to chapter 12, and after Jeremiah has got all this off his chest, God responds in a way that Jeremiah did not expect. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse five. This is God speaking. God says, if you've raised with men on foot and they've worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? See, instead of just giving him a promise or an encouragement, instead of this time putting his arm around Jeremiah and saying, hey, buddy, it's gonna be okay. This time God says, Jeremiah... <laughs> I got something I need to show you. Did you want to go out there and run with the horses and you can't even keep up with the people? You, you think you want to climb a mountain and you're crying about walking through the safe places. He says, Jeremiah, I've got big things in store for you. But if you're just going to be in a place where you focus on the difficulty of the journey, you're never going to move forward in where you are. If you want to run with horses, you better start racing with people. And if you're stumbling here, how do you think you're gonna make it in the tough places? See, in this moment, Jeremiah didn't need encouragement and a promise. He needed even more than a pep talk. You ever been a part of a team that's not doing so well at halftime and you go into the locker room and the coach does not look at you and go, they're really hard players, aren't they, buddy? I know it's tough for you out there, and I know he's better than you are, so if you just wanna sit down, it's okay. You're not gonna hear that. You're not gonna hear, we probably ought to just give up. No, what does the coach say? Yeah, I know it's tough, but get out there and do your thing. 
Get out there and make it happen. Get out there and work hard. Don't just sit here and whine about this. Go out there and do it. Jeremiah needed even more than a pep talk. You know what he needed? He needed a rebuke. He needed a, hey, buddy, stop looking at just yourself. Stop thinking of just what you're going through. Stop crying about how hard life is. Jeremiah, you gotta get out there and realize that I've got so much more for you. What he needed was a dose of reality that sometimes, have you ever had this where you just say, God, I think life is hard. And God says, yeah, sometimes it is. And he needed to hear that in some ways, and I don't think this is in the Hebrew, but the Chad Gilligan version has inserted in there somewhere, quit your crying and keep running. Jeremiah, I know it's hard, but there's good things ahead for you. Jeremiah, I see you running with the horses. So don't give up when you're tired of running with people. Jeremiah, you're gonna climb to the highest heights. So don't stumble in difficult times. He says, Jeremiah, I want you to keep running, keep running, keep running. Don't give up just because it's hard. Jeremiah, keep running. And I know that that's not for for everybody that's in this room or watching this or listening to this. I know some of you are in a season that maybe life is kind of relative ease right now. Maybe things are really going kind of well for you, but can I tell you that's not everybody. Some of you are in a place where more than things being easy right now, you can relate to Jeremiah and saying, God, things are tough and I'm tired. I'm actually kind of angry and put out. God, I'm disappointed and frustrated and I'm a little fearful about what's ahead. And God wants to speak to some of your hearts today even when the blessed life ain't easy, and encourage you to keep running. Four, four things, just rapid fire, I wanna show you from this passage that I think will help us. The first is this, number one, you keep running today's race. See, Jeremiah was weary in the race that he was running today, and God says to him, you're not gonna be able to compete in the race that I have for you tomorrow if you can't, can't keep going in the race that I've called you to today. So you keep running today's race. And can I tell you, I know for some of you, today's race is hard. It's not easy. It's difficult. And God would call you to keep running. I've had multiple people say to me over the course of the last two, three years, can I just tell you, life's just not the same. People are different. Life is different. And I know that not everybody feels that way. But there's many people that say, hey, since 2020... It seems like things are just not the same, and we we can't put our fingers on it. Well, there was a group of psychologists that did a study of personality and how people's personalities have been affected over the course of the last two to three years. They used what's called the big five in measurement. There's kind of these five dimensions of personality, how you handle stress, how you connect with others, your creative thinking, how, how you deal with issues of trust, and how you're organized, kind of disciplined, and responsible. There's these big five personality traits. And most of those things, pretty much, once you reach young adulthood, they pretty much stay stable all through your life. They pretty much stay the same unless you experience some kind of unique trauma that comes your way. And what they wanted to test was to see if over the course of the last few years that has changed for people. And what they found out is, yes, it has, yes, it did what they found is significant declines in the traits that help us navigate social situations, trust others, think creatively, act responsibly, especially among young adults. So what's normal and healthy and natural development is that in your life, you find ways for your stress level to be managed and to decrease 
while things like creative thinking, connecting with others, trusting other people, being organized and responsible, those should increase in your life as you continue to grow and mature. But in the last few years, the opposite has happened on all five fronts. People feel like their stress has increased, that extroversion, openness, agreeableness, and conscientiousness all declined across the entire US population. Now, there's a lot of factors that could contribute. It's not just a pandemic. They reference things like the shift, virtual school and work, economic challenges, political divides, issues related to race. There's all kinds of things here. Maybe you haven't noticed it. Maybe it's not like that in your world. But according to this study, it sure is for a lot of people that would just say, life's just not the same. And I'm not so sure I can put my finger on it. But today's race is hard. I'm having difficulty in this place, and can I encourage you, keep running, keep moving forward. Don't give up on the vision and the things that God has ahead for you just because it's difficult today. There is strength available. Colossians 1.11 says this, that we are being strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. You will not be victorious tomorrow if you do not keep running today. And some of you need to be reminded of that Jeremiah needed to be reminded of that. He needed to hear God say to him, Jeremiah, you're gonna run with the horses. So don't give up on the race you're running today. Here's the second thing this passage shows to us, and this, this, one's, this one's not a whole lot of fun. Number two, keep running in the tough times. That you keep running even in tough times. Now look at this passage again. Jeremiah 12, five says, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? Which basically says, if you're tired now, get ready, it's gonna get worse. Can I get an amen? Right? <laughs> if you stumble and save country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? What does that mean, the thickets by the Jordan? Well, the Jordan River flows from the Sea of Galilee in Israel south down to the Dead Sea. And about halfway through there, at kind of the lowest part, there's a part that they call the thickets of the Jordan, or sometimes they call it the jungle of the Jordan because it becomes so green and lush in those places and the trees are grown up that it's literally like a forest or like a jungle. And in those places, even up until the 13th century, they were largely inhabited by wild animals like lions and wild boar and there were hyena and all these different animals that when you go through there, they just want to kill you. And so he says, look... <laughs> If you can't do it here, how are you gonna do it there? How are you gonna navigate it when you're in that place? And he's saying, Jeremiah, just so you know, life's tough. And there's good news in this passage. Are you ready for the good news? Here it is. The good news, life is not promised to get easier. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Isn't that what we want? I thought you said I'd be blessed, Chad. You will be. But Jesus never said it would be easier. Now, here's, the, here's more good news. The good news is life is not promised to get easier. More good news, God will give you grace. And in every one of those seasons, he'll give you grace. When Paul was in one of those desperate seasons in his life, he calls it his thorn in the flesh. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 9. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. When you go through the most difficult seasons in your life, in your family, in your work, in your ministry, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, whatever that is, just know that God is there to give you his grace even in those times. 
when you, um, when you came in today, when you, when you drove into the church, those of you that are here, was it still foggy out? Was it, it still foggy out? When I came in early this morning, I didn't drive by sight, I drove by faith. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like it was, it was as thick as I've seen it and you're like just kind of cruising along and all of a sudden you realize, I don't, know, I don't know what's in front of me. You weren't seeing taillights, you weren't seeing traffic lights until you were right up on those things. There was a part of me that was like, I think it would be safe for me to just go home. And I realized I kind of have to be there today. I'm supposed to be there. Thank you for those of you that came out because it could be easy to go, well, it's foggy. I probably should stay home. I don't know what's on the other side of that. Some of you maybe even thought, maybe I'll never leave my house again because what if it's foggy again? Maybe it's better if I just stay home. Some of you are like, no, I'm going. There's good coffee. There's a sermon. And there's a short nap waiting for me. So I am going to church. That's my plan. And life's like that sometimes, isn't it? Where you're cruising along and you can't see what's there. All you may have is a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of uncertainty. You're not sure what's on the other side of those foggy days that you're in. But that's when we keep moving and we keep trusting God and we keep believing This is why God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you are going to run with the horses. Jeremiah, you're gonna climb to high heights. I have great things ahead for you, so don't give up in these times because it may get more difficult, but I have great things ahead for you. So you keep running. Some of you need to hear today in the uncertainty, in the fog, in the difficulty of what's ahead for you, you keep running. And here's the third thing he wants them to see. Keep running and don't give up. Number three, keep running and don't give up. Keep moving in these times. I've got a passage of scripture that in, in moments when I'm, for years, when I'm, when I'm weary or disappointed or where I just feel like I can't do it, it seems like the Lord brings me back to this passage in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. It's not so much a promise, it's more a slap in the face. Do you have any of those? Where God says, if you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? Now look, all of us will be discouraged at times. All of us will falter at times. We're human. There'll be times where we will make mistakes or where our attitude will stink. Is anybody sitting next to someone whose attitude sometimes stinks? Right? But here's what he says. Look, keep this in mind. If you are going to falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? And what he's not commenting on is your strength here today. Because if you're gonna falter and if you have small strength, that means that you are relying on your own strength. Because is God's strength small, yes or no? Is God's strength small, yes or no? (laughs) No, it's not small. So if you have small strength, then you're relying on your strength and not God's. And what he's saying here is you keep running and don't give up because you're not doing it on small strength. There's strength that comes from the Lord and your strength is not small. I've got a, I've got a trimmer at my house, like a, like a weed eater, do you know what I mean? That you go out and you can kinda you know, trim around the trees or you can, you can edge along the, the driveway and you can do those things with it and, and I'll go out there you know, and I'm mowing the grass and stuff and I'll work with it and I was using it not too long ago and I thought this thing, this thing doesn't have a whole lot of oomph to it, right? It's a battery operated one, so I don't, I, you know, I've got my expectations in the right place, but it's just like, this just isn't right. It's not, it's, not, it's not cutting it. It's literally not cutting it, what I was working on there. And I looked at it and I realized there's a setting on there that you can choose. There's like a one and a two. And the one is like, I'm going to conserve the battery setting, right? 
That's number one. If you put it on number two, that's the I am gonna whack down trees setting, right? Because when you go to two, it amps it up. And sometimes one's okay. But there's times when I need more power. Can I get an amen? And there's times when I need to switch into that other mode and realize there's more power available to me than what I'm drawing on right now. And if you are faltering in a time of trouble, maybe you need to go from conserved battery to knock down trees. Because you've got a God who is not limited in power. And if you are faltering in a time of trouble, then your strength is too small. There is great strength available to you. And I want you to see this. Here's the fourth thing I wanna encourage you. If you are in a place like Jeremiah today, number four, you keep running in the Lord's strength. Because you're not gonna do it in your own strength. You're not gonna do it by your own power. You are gonna do it through the strength that only the Lord can bring. And some of you today need to say, in the midst of the place where you're at, you needed this bit of a reality check that Jeremiah needed from God to say, look, I know it's tough and I know it's difficult and life won't always be easy and everything isn't just a nice little promise that you can buy at the store and hang on your wall. Sometimes you need a question that says, are you gonna keep running? Are you gonna give up or are you gonna keep running? Because I've got great things ahead for you. So don't let the little discouragements and the difficult times keep you from moving forward. You keep running and you do it in the Lord's strength. See, God God wasn't just all tough with Jeremiah. He had promises too. And if you know this story as the people are in exile, one of the things that God says to them is this, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon. So this is what, 17 chapters later, when he says 70 years are completed for Babylon, he's talking about the exile in the Old Testament. He says, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. He's writing to people in a hard time and here's what he says. In fact, you know this part, read it with me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Don't we love that verse? We, we write it on note cards, we hang it on our wall, we, 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 we put it on all kinds of places because we wanna come back to it, but did you recognize this is a promise for people who are facing a hard time? It's not just an incantation so that God will do things your way. It's a promise to those who are literally in exile that God says, I have a promise for you. So you keep running and then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. He says, you will seek me and find me. When you run to me, when you seek me with all your heart. And again, I know it's not everybody here today, but some of you are in a place where you feel like Jeremiah, where you're tired or you're discouraged or you're frustrated or life seems unfair. You don't have answers and you don't know what's next or you're just not sure you can take another step. And in all of this, what God is speaking to your heart about today is he's saying to you today, keep running. How am I supposed to do that, Chad? Let's jump to one other prophet real quick before we wrap up. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. God says through Isaiah, do you not know and have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He'll not grow tired or weary, His understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary 
and increases the power of the weak. In order for us to encourage one another, I'd, I'd love to see some hands. Has God ever given strength to you when you're weary? Let me just, let me just kind of see. Has he ever given you power when you've been weak? We can come to him, we can trust to him. And I got thinking about seasons in my life when I know that he brought me strength. Seasons when I was just a kid in educational processes and I knew I couldn't do it on my own. Seasons of job transition, changes, big projects, big expectations, whatever it might be. And it's just like, God, I can't do this by myself. Seasons when I've experienced loss, seasons when I haven't known what to do, challenges as a parent and fear and anxiety just inside my own life. And in all those moments, knowing that I could come back to, and you know this same thing, a God who gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. We were supposed to, on paper, be back in Matthew today. But I sense so clearly in my heart, for some reason, God wanted us to be here in the Old Testament and hear these promises today and hear Jeremiah's story because for some of us, we can talk about the blessed life, but we're in a place where we go, the blessed life just ain't easy. And you needed encouragement today to know that there is strength where you can run and keep running and not grow weary, where you can walk and not faint, and you can trust God and know that he will help you each step along the way. So here's what I wanna invite you to do with me, if you would, please. Would you stand if you are here in Auditorium 1 or you're in Auditorium 2? And I just wanna encourage you to keep running. And again, I know it's not everybody, but I know from the depths of my heart that there's some of us here today that need to say, God, will you help me to keep running? Will you give me your strength? I don't know what it is that you're facing, but you need to say, God, will you give me strength? And if you're watching this on a screen somewhere, if you're listening to this sermon somehow, I wanna encourage you in these next few moments, the team's gonna lead us in a song, would you respond in some way? Maybe you need to stand or raise a hand or take a hand of a person that's with you. In some way, would you respond? But here's what I wanna ask of those of us in, th in this room, in Auditorium 2, that in these next few moments, if you just know that God's speaking to your heart, that this, this was something for you today, and you needed encouragement to keep running. It might just be in this one area of your life, your, your, your family or your work or whatever it might be, and God's encouraging you to keep running. I don't want you to walk out of here and just go, oh, that was helpful. I want you to be able to say, God, can we talk about this for just a minute before you even leave this building? So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna just pray a prayer of blessing. And then the team's gonna lead us in that song that's called The Blessing. The words come straight from the book of Numbers. It is a prayer of blessing that the priests were to pray over people. It is this powerful song. And if we're talking about the blessed life, sometimes we need God's blessing and strength to live it. Do we not? And so we're gonna pray. And if you say, God, I need encouragement, I need strength today to keep running, can I ask you just to do this? I'm gonna ask you to step out of your seat and come and find a place to stand here. Now look, you don't have to stand down here to get something from God. I just know this in my own life. So many times a spiritual change in my life required some kind of physical step. 
And so I'm gonna encourage you to take that step. You, you won't come alone. Come and stand down here. If you're coming down this side, make sure you make a sharp left or your prayers will be wet, if that makes any sense over there where that is. But just to come and kind of fill this space. We're gonna take a minute to pray a prayer of blessing and strength and life over you. You know where you're at. You know that. If that's you today as we pray this, don't hesitate to take these few moments with the Lord. Father, we love you. God, in these moments, we seek you. And we're gonna pray for your blessing on our families and on our lives and on our homes and on our jobs and in every area. And some of us need strength today, Lord, to keep running and trust in you. And so, Lord, as we take this step of faith, would you meet us and encourage us in Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, as the team leads us, would you step out of your seat, come find a place to stand, and we'll pray together. you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace Children and the children, and the children, may his presence go before. 
for those of you that are standing here at the front of this room and in A2. And I just feel in my heart, quite a few of you who are wondering if maybe you should have taken that walk. Would you just take a moment and say, God, would you help me to keep running? God knows that some of you are running through heartbreak and some of you are running through illness. And some of you are running through uncertainty. Some of you feel like Jeremiah, that there's even plans to destroy you. Some of you say, I'm, I'm trying to live the blessed life, but it ain't easy. Some of you are running into new seasons of things that are actually exciting. There's opportunities, but you just don't know if you have the strength to do it. Man, the Spirit of God is speaking to you today with promise and encouragement to keep running, to not give up, to not stop, that he has things ahead for you. So keep running and trust him. Know that he's the one who strengthens you, that he's the one who brings you power, that he's the one who encourages you, that he's the run that runs with you. Some of you, there's a moment right now that there's, there's something you need to entrust into his hands. You've been trying to hold on to it on your own and you need to say, God, I give this to you. For some of you, this is a moment where you need to take the hand of your spouse and entrust that marriage to God. You need to, you need to take the hand of your spouse or this moment in prayer and trust that child to God or trust that parent to God or trust that job to God, trust that situation to him and know that he will help you even in the things that are unfair, even in the things that aren't right even in the things that you can't seem to change on your own, that you will trust him and keep running.
and know that he has great things in store for you and believe for his blessing on your life and on your family. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here and that the work that you do in our lives is, 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 is not lacking in power or trivial. I honestly believe for everyone who's hearing this today, you're speaking specifically to their heart about a relationship or a situation or a place where you're whispering into their spirit. Keep running. Don't give up and keep running. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep watching me work this out. Holy Spirit, may we continue to hear your voice leading us on throughout the course of this next week and the days ahead that we keep running and trusting in you. God, thanks for how your word speaks to us right where we are. Now, Lord, as we go from here, would you go with us? Would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, before you go, if you, if you feel led or have a chance, take a moment to encourage one another, maybe even pray with one another. Thanks so much for being here. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.